அலமதுல்லாஹ ஒருத்தன் <coughs> Most respected of my Ikram, brothers and elders. This is a well-known surah of the Quran Sharif, which many people who are not Hafiz also recite the surah in the Salah. They have this surah in their memory. This surah has a very deep message in it for us. Like the rest of the Quran Sharif, Every ayat of the Qur'an Sharif is hidayat. Allah Ta'ala revealed the Qur'an Sharif for hidayat. Hudal lil muttaqeen. In many surahs, many ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, you will find the discussion of akhirat, of qiyamat, of jannat and jahannam, which is one of the basic themes in the Qur'an Sharif. Tawheed, Risalat and Ma'ad The oneness of Allah Ta'ala Risalat and belief in the prophethood of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And the belief in the hereafter These are the three basic themes Everything else revolves around this So this ayat of the this surah of the Quran Sharif also Deals with the same theme With Qiyamat And what will happen after Qiyamah? What will happen after Qiyamah takes place in terms of when people will be brought forth to account for their deeds? And then at the end of the surah, there's a very comprehensive ayat of the Qur'an Sharif which Rasulullah himself has mentioned that these two ayat are extremely comprehensive, very unique. So when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam himself says these are very unique and very comprehensive then who can truly understand how comprehensive, how deep? So just to go through the message of the surah first Allah Ta'ala speaks about the day of Qiyamah إِذَا زُلْزِلَتِ الْأَرْضُ زِلْزَالَهَا That when the earth will be shaken violently One is when the trumpet will be blown for the first time and this will cause this very major shaking of the earth. Everything will crumble. The mountains will be flying around like cotton wool. And then after some time, again this earth will be shaken. The zalzala will take place 
and everybody will come out of their graves and come out on the plains of Hashar and they will be resurrected and come to give an account of their deeds. So Allah Ta'ala is reminding us of this, that look, this is a reality. Repeatedly in the Qur'an Sharif, we are reminded of this hereafter. Right in the beginning of the Qur'an Sharif, in Surah Al-Fatiha, and which we are to recite in every rakat of every salah, we are reminded every day, how many times a day, Maliki Yawmiddin, Master of the Day of Judgment. Repeatedly reminding ourselves, this Day of Judgment is coming. There's no escape from it. There's no way a person can avoid it. And there's no way that he can expect that something he hid in this dunya will get hidden on that day. Many a times a person feels that I can do something and get away with it. Perhaps we can get away with it in front of insan. We can get away with it in dunya. But Allah Ta'ala is all knowing. Allah Ta'ala is all seeing. And the day of Qiyamah is coming. Allah Ta'ala is reminding us every day in Surah Al-Fatiha we are to take this message, remind ourselves that Maliki Yawmiddin, Allah Ta'ala is the master of the day of judgment and I'm going to stand in front of him. I'm going to have to give an account of all my deeds. What I did, what I spoke, what I harbored in my heart, how I conducted myself with people around me, everything. Allah Ta'ala is aware of everything. So, إِذَا زُلْزِلَتِ الْأَرْضُ زِلْزَالَهَا وَأَخْرَجَتِ الْأَرْضُ أَثْقَالَهَا And when the earth will throw out all its burdens, all the gold and silver and diamonds and whatever else, in fact in one hadith sharif it comes before Qiyamah. The time will come when the earth will spew out all this. تَقِيُّ الْأَرْضِ The word that is used is تَقِي It will spew out. The earth will spew out all this gold and silver like huge columns. If a person had a bar of gold, he finds a bar of gold somewhere, he'll say, I am done, everything sorted out for me, for my children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and ten progenies, ten generations to come. He'll be so happy about the one bar of gold. It'll be beyond his, what he can handle. The Bishlaus is saying all this will be spewed out onto the earth like huge columns. Huge column of gold. Huge column of silver. And all the other things of great value that insan looks at with such great value. It will all be lying. And then one person will pass by who had committed murder for dunya. And he will look at this and he will say, Fi haza pataltu. I committed murder for this. And somebody who had cut off relationship with others, family ties, because of dunya, he will come and see all this lying around and he say, Fi hada qata'atu. I cut off relationship for this, it's lying here worthless, nobody to take a second look at it. And like that all the people who had committed various crimes, somebody who had stolen and his hand was cut off as a result of that theft because he got caught, he will come past and say, Fi haza My hand was cut because of this, this worthless thing. And one after the other people will pass by and they look at it. And they will make their comments. And nobody will touch it. Everybody will pass by. It will be like worthless, like stones lying around. 
So Allah Ta'ala will make the worthlessness of dunya apparent. That how worthless this is. But for the little value that temporarily that is attached to it, this has become the test. That does a person keep this in its place and don't cross the line in how he deals with it, in how he deals with people because of it. That he doesn't cross the line. So, likewise on the day of Qiyamah then, all this will be thrown out. And likewise, when the second trumpet is blown and people will, be come, will come out of their graves, this too is being referred to when the earth will be shaken violently and people will all come out again. Everybody will come out of their graves and they'll come forward for that accountability. وَقَالَ الْإِنسَانُ مَالَهَا and this insan will be bewildered. What is the matter with this earth? Everything was fine. It was very stable. Now suddenly it is now shaking in this manner. What has become the problem with it? Malaha. What is the reason that this is shaking like this? Then further Allah Ta'ala says, يَوْمَ إِذِنْ تُحَدِّثُ أَخْبَارَهَا بِأَنَّ رَبَّكَ أَوْحَالَهَا now this earth itself will then bear testimony. Mm-hmm. Insan sometimes is appeases himself, I will get away, nobody will see, nobody will know, who knows what's going on, and I got everything covered, I got everything very well planned, I got my tracks covered. But Allah is saying, let alone anything else, even the earth will testify. The earth will give evidence. Tuhaddisu akhbaraha. What will it, evidence will give in one hadith sharif? Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam explains it. That the earth will testify. This person, fa'ala yawma kaza wa kaza, kaza wa kaza. Certain day he did this. At this spot. And certain day he did this at that place. The earth will testify. And how will the earth testify? Bi anna rabbaka awhalaha. Allah Ta'ala has commanded it to testify. يَوْمَ إِذِي يَسْدُرُ النَّاسُ أَشْتَاتًا لِيُرَوْ أَعْمَالَهُمْ Allah Ta'ala says when people will come in groups to see their actions, meaning what they did, they'll see the effect of their actions, they'll see the end result of their actions. If it's good, they'll see the effect of that good. And if it is evil, they'll see the effect of that evil. According to some pious personalities, that the very action that a person committed in dunya, if it's good, then the form of that good will appear on the day of Qiyamah. And Allah forbid the evil, the form of that evil will also appear. Exactly what was done. Unless that Tawbah was made, the person sincerely repented, had it deleted out of his record by means of sincere Tawbah, with remorse and regret. Otherwise that very form of that action will appear on the day of Qiyamah. And this is one of the views of the muhaddisin that those actions will be given forms and that form will be weighed on the scales of deeds. So now that evil the person did, Allah forbid what not was done and the form of that will all appear and in front of the entire creation and who not is present, his parents are present and his children are present and his wife is present and the husband is present and anyone and everyone is present and all this is now appearing in front of everybody what was done on earth. Tuhaddisu akhbaraha bi anna rabbak awhalaha. 
on atoms extent that atoms extent of good a person has done he will see it that atoms extent and wa may ya'mal misqala zarratin sharray yara and that atoms extent of evil of wrong the person did he will see it unless the person made sincere toba allah taala's mercy the doors of allah taala's mercy are wide open for the person who makes that sincere toba Now this is that part of the surah which Rasulullah sallallahu referred to as being very unique very very comprehensive There were some sahaba one sahabi came and he said to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that teach me what Allah Taala has taught you So Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam delegated one sahabi to teach him So he taught him suratul zilzal Now when he just came to this last part of it he said enough I have got already enough. These two zarras, these two atoms are enough for me. Meaning for my guidance, this is enough. I will all the time keep it this in front of me that anything that tempts me towards evil, I'll remind myself one atom's weight of evil you're going to see it. So behave, beware, don't get into it. And wherever there's an opportunity of one atom's amount of good, then I'm not going to let that go past. I'm going to try to do it. because that is going to be of benefit to me in the akhirat so he said enough i had i already have learned what is going to be sufficient for me nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam heard this and said he has already become a faqih meaning the understanding that is required he's gained it obviously the details to be learned still it doesn't mean that he didn't know the details of the necessary things but this was such a deep thing and so comprehensive that is this is sufficient for me and this is what the sahaba radiyallahu anhu had made their mission in life they understood what life was all about life was all about these two things that every khair that is possible to do do it because that is going to benefit you and don't come close to any sharr fayamal misqala zarratin khayra yara one small particle to the extent of one little atom to that extent of khair the person will do he's going to see it so don't lose out on any khair try to maximize the khair and any atom's amount of sharr he's going to see it so don't come close to any sharr don't make all those distinctions in your mind well this is a small thing is not a serious matter so it doesn't matter no no don't come close to anything it's either khair or it's sharr there's nothing else So don't come close to any sharr because that small sharr is a small spark that big sharr is a big fire but the small spark will eventually do the same damage like that big fire it'll also end up burning start burning the person's clothes and then it'll burn his body it might take a little longer but it'll finish over the same end, end point so don't take a chance with any sharr The Sahabai Kiram radiyallahu anhu we look in their lives we see this the zeal 
to maximize the khair. And you'll find in so many ahadith, they ask, they're asking Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa questions. Questions, what did they ask? Many a times we ask something, it's out of interest. Out of interest. But then after the interest, the amal, then sometimes it's just, that's where it finishes off, at the point of interest. After that question has been asked and that answer has been given, and then we forget about it. But their purpose of asking was to try and maximize this khair. You'll find a sahabi coming to ask Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ayyul Islami khair. Which characteristics in Islam are the best? And there's so many things, there's many, many things, but which are the best things? Why? Because I want to try and at least do what's best. If I can't do everything, I shouldn't lose out on these things. So now Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gives him some directives, which was for that particular situation that was the most appropriate thing for that person at that time, but which has a general application as well. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, You're asking about the best things in terms of maybe Mu'asharat, Akhlaq, Sufid, and make salam to anyone and everyone that you know you don't know, every Muslim. Make salam to every Muslim. Your Muslim brother, you make salam to him. No distinction. I know this person, I don't know this person. So I'll make salam to the one I know, I won't make salam to the person I don't know. This is a very great amal of Islam. In reply to which of which are the best characteristics of Islam, Nabi Islam responded with this. That you make salam to the one you know and the one you don't know. This is among the signs of Qiyamat. That a person will only greet those who he knows. He has some familiarity with the person, some friendship, some relationship. Otherwise he'll pass the person and like he didn't even realize he passed somebody. Somebody came and asked, Ayyul Muslimin khair. Now this was all asked for the same purpose. I want to be the best. Because every khair I must try and maximize. Which Muslim is the best? So Nabi Islam replied, Man salim al-Muslimuna min lisanihi wa yadi. That Muslim is the best who others are safe from the harm of his words and deeds. <coughs> he doesn't harm anybody in any way, he doesn't cause any inconvenience, doesn't hurt anybody with his words, with his actions. Now this is the jazba of the Sahaba. They're asking these kind of questions so that they may practice on it. Somebody comes and asks, Ayyul a'mali ahabbu ilallah Which is the most beloved of actions to Allah Ta'ala Why? Because if that's the most beloved of actions to Allah Ta'ala If I do it, I'll also become beloved So Nabi Islam replies Imanum billah And one rewrite Imanum billahi wa rasuli Bringing iman in Allah and his Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He doesn't stop at that He says Thumma maza Okay, this mashallah we understood Then what? What next? So in one riwayat, Nabi Islam says, Birrul Walidain, treating your parents with kindness, treating them in the best manner, doing that which will please them, keeping them happy, obviously all within the limits of Shariat. Going out of your way to earn their 
happiness the birrul walidain in one riwayat as salatu ala mawaqitiha among the a'mal ayyul a'mal afdal indallah the actions that are most virtuous in the sight of allah taala nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam iman says salah on its time now all these things were asked it was asked why to make amal and this was the way that the sahaba took it wholeheartedly on one occasion hazrat umm habiba radhiyallahu ta'ala anha she heard rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam mention the virtue of one amal that the person who performs 12 rakats in the day so he performed 12 rakats in the day a palace is built for him in jannat this is referring to what is described as the sunnat muakkada so the two sunnats before fajr the four sunnats before zuhur the two sunnats after zuhur the two sunnats after maghrib and the two sunnats after isha this adds up to 12 now she heard from rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam the person who performs these 12 rakats in the day meaning in the 24 hour cycle allah taala builds for him a palace in jannat now she heard it and she then related it to her brother ambasa bin abi sufyan radhiyallahu ta'ala and from the time she had heard it from rasulullah sallallahu alaihi when she related it she also mentioned this that fama taraktuhu ma taraktuhu mundu sami'tuhu min rasulillah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ma taraktuhunna mundu sami'tuhu min rasulillah sallallahu alaihi wasallam from the time i heard nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentioning this to this day i haven't missed it once then she had related this to ambasa bin nabi sufyan her brother he much later related it to his student amr ibn uwais when he related it to him he gave him this hadith gave him the virtue and then together with that he says from the day i heard umm habiba radhiyallahu anha relate this from that day to this day i haven't missed it once amr ibn uwais then mentions it and relates it to his student nu'man bin salim nu'man bin salim when he relates it to him he says from the day i heard it from ambasa bin abi sufyan from that day to this day i didn't miss it once and nu'man bin salim is now relating it to his students when he's relating it he's relating it in the same manner then from the time i heard it from amr ibn uwais i haven't missed it once this is just about the sahaba they heard something once that became part of their life because they asked for the sake of amal and they were very very desires of every khair i mustn't miss out on this because this is my life all about the things of dunya are all going to get left behind this khair is going to come along all the other things will get left behind nothing will come along what's going to come along is this khair every righteous action every good deed that is going to come along so abdullah bin umar radhiyallahu ta'ala an on one occasion he saw a dream So he narrated the dream to Hazrat Hafsa radhiyallahu ta'ala anha. Hazrat Hafsa radhiyallahu ta'ala anha narrated it to and related it to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. For an interpretation, for a meaning of it. So Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam heard that dream and then he responded by saying, "Ni'mar rajulu Abdullah. Law kana yusalli min al-lail. 
Abdullah is a wonderful person. Had it only been that he would also be performing Salatul Layl. So now this was that indication in the dream that you should now start performing Salah at the dark hours of the night, Tahajjud Salah. So he says, from the time I heard this, that this was the words of Rasulullah ever since I would sleep very little at night. The rest of the night would always be spent in Ibadah. Now this was their zeal that I must not miss out. I must try to maximize that khair. Somebody thinks, but now this is something very difficult for me. I can't make it, especially in summer. So the door is still open. The door is open that the two rakats after Isha Salah, after the sunnah the person makes the niyat of Qiyamul Layl, that two will count at some level as tahajjud. Kullu ma sulliya ba'd al-isha fahuwa min al-layl. This two is part of Qiyamul Layl. The niyat of Qiyamul Layl is not equivalent to that salah that's performed in the last part of the night. But it is also part of Qiyamul Layl. He'll still get the basic rewards. So now, at least one step, take that one step at least, one step ahead, to start making amal, this khair. That we learn some khair, we start making amal on that khair. We don't miss it out. Hazrat Ali the famous incident of Tasbihul Fatimi, because Fatima Radiallahu had come to request something from Nabi for a helper, and in any case, she couldn't get that request passed on at that time because Nabi was busy with others. In any case, later that evening, Nabi comes to their home and then inquires, What was it you had come for? Hazrat Ali Radiallahu explains the whole situation. This is what she came for. Nabi then explains to them, that recite every night before going to bed. When you come to your bed, recite 33 times Subhanallah, 33 times Alhamdulillah, and 34 times Allahu Akbar. Then he says, this is better for you than a khadim. Better for you than a servant, than a helper. Ali radiallahu says thereafter, and now he's saying this, when more than perhaps over 30 years have passed, because much later he's saying this. He's saying it in the time of his Khilafat, the latter part of his Khilafat. So at least minimum 30 odd years have passed in between. So he's saying from the day I heard it, I have never missed it. So somebody who is there, they ask him, Wala Laylata Shifin, that night when you were the commander in chief, the night before that big battle was going to take place, and you were obviously fully engrossed and occupied and busy and in that night too when you took that small nap he said no even that night I didn't miss it out 30 years, 40 years have passed, didn't miss it out once now this is that khair and this is that zeal that they had that every bit of khair that I can try and maximize I must maximize because this is what life is all about to try and maximize the khair for akhirat and not go near any shar because that shar can become very dangerous. That shar can destroy so much. So in this ayat Allah is giving us that same message. فَمَا يَعْمَلْ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّةٍ خَيْرَ يَرَىٰ وَمَا يَعْمَلْ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّةٍ شَرَّ يَرَىٰ One is this sawab and reward in the akhirat. person will see this. He will see it. يَرَىٰ But the Mufassirin explain that this is not only confined to that. That he will see it in the akhirat. 
he often sees it in dunya also. The impact of that good and the consequences of that shar. He sees it in dunya. Sometimes he sees it just that he doesn't realize it. That way it's linked. The good, that too he sees it. The very famous Hadith Sharif about the three people who were traveling and got trapped in the cave because of the storm. And then each one presented some good amal that he had done sincerely for Allah Ta'ala. And made dua. Ya Allah, if I did this solely for your pleasure, move this rock out of the way. And it moved out and moved a little more. And finally it moved out. It was the effect of that good. They saw the effect of it. They saw the barakat of it. They saw how it brought that benefit to them in dunya already. So that good that a person did, he sees the benefit of it. Many years ago, one person had come to South Africa who was settled in Madina Munawara. Originally from some village in Pakistan, but he was living in Madina Munawara for almost 50 years. So in the conversation, first time I had met him, in the conversation as we got talking, he mentioned he's going for Hajj from South Africa. It was time for Hajj, so he was going to leave from South Africa and go for Hajj. And in that, as that Hajj discussion started off, so somebody who was there with him, they knew about this, so that's why they prompted it. So they asked him, how many Hajj you performed thus far? So he started smiling. So he said, well, about that time it was about 42 Hajj. So he performed Hajj 42 times. And then he said, behind it there's, a, there's an incident behind it. It's a lengthy incident, but the long and short of it is, that he was in a very remote little village in Pakistan, very poor family, couldn't even dream about going to the bigger cities of Pakistan, let alone leaving it out of the country. His mother got very, very ill and he remained at her in her khidmat. And he says that many, many times in that duration that I remained for years, she was bedridden. And I remained in her khidmat. And he says from time to time, she used to give me one dua. Every now and again, she would say something which for me at that time was unimaginable. Mm. See, it was not something that I could even imagine will ever happen once in my lifetime though. Because of the circumstances. See, every now and again, she would give one dua and say, Allah Ta'ala take you for hajj. Now he says, this was such a big dua, but I couldn't imagine it ever happening. Because of the poverty and the circumstances that we were living in, that one day this will become possible for me to go for Hajj. And he says time passed, his mother eventually passed away. Then he had, in the meantime, gone to study and became an alim. And Allah Ta'ala made it such that something worked out for him at that time was not such a difficult thing. Somebody who needed some person to come and make imamat in one small little masjid in Madinah Munawara, they invited him. So he ended up going to stay in Madinah Munawara. Now from Madinah Munawara, it became very easy. Every year he started going for Hajj. And that was about 42 years now in a row. Without fail, he was going for Hajj. He says, I am convinced that I don't know how many left still, but how many times my mother might have given that dua, that's the count. He says, somebody jokingly told me that it seems like at the time when the alam arwah when the call was made, وَأَذْذِنْ فِي النَّاسِ بِالْحَجِّ so the arwah, the souls, how many times some soul said labbaik, so many times go for hajj. 
So he jokingly said to him, it seemed like your soul didn't stop saying Labbaik. <laughs> so he said, well that is also in his place. But at the same time, I don't have any count, but I am very convinced that over time, how many times over time my mother might have said this, I'll finish that count, how many Hajj will be made inshallah. Now that good was done, but this was very, very visible, the link. That this good and this consequence, this reward. The hadith that comes about in Fazal al-Sadaqat, the person who, his father got very ill, and then he made that agreement with his brothers, one of the two things, either you all make all the khidmat, and give me the whole, all the estate and the whole wealth when he passes away, or we turn it around the other way. So they thought something wrong with this fellow. He said, no, you welcome, you make all the khidmat, give us all the money. So he said, very well. So in any case, that is what they did. And he continued with the father's khidmat, till he passed away. And then after the father passed away, he gave everything away, because that's the agreement he made. And then in very difficult circumstances, a lengthy incident, then he sees after some time, in this poverty-stricken condition, he sees a dream, somebody is telling him there's hundred gold coins in a certain place, it's for you, go take it. He sees, he asks, is there barakat in it? He says, no, no barakat in it. He says, I don't want it. Second night, the same dream. There's ten dinars there. There's barakat in it, no, no barakat in it, I don't want it. Eventually, one dinar, barakat in it, he says, yes, barakat in it. He goes and finds it, exactly as described. And then buys two fish with it. Brings those two fish home. And now that fish is split open, in each fish there's this priceless pearl. And eventually these pearls were sold to the king of the time, the total price over time that was sold, one first and then the other, 90 mule loads of gold. Allah. It's a very direct link. <laughs> he did some khair, he saw the effect of it already in dunya. That one good word, that consideration we gave to somebody, that little assistance we gave someone, remove something of inconvenience out of somebody's path, made somebody comfortable in some way, avoided giving somebody taklif, like in this one hadith sharif, the sahabi is asking one after the other, the Nabi Wasallam, what is the best of actions, the Nabi Wasallam tells him one thing, then what? Then he gives him the second thing, then he even asks further, finally he says, but if for any reason I can't do any of these actions, in da'uftu an ba'dil amal, if I am not able to do any of these things for whatever reason, I am not able to do these extra actions as you have mentioned. So then what, what should I do? I still want to get that khair. So Rasulullah explained to him that save people from your difficulty. فَإِنَّهَا صَدَقَةٌ مِّنْكَ عَلَىٰ نَفْسِكَ Don't give anybody else taklif with this conscious intention that I must not become a source of difficulty to anyone. This is sadqah from you upon yourself. You'll get rewarded for this. Do at least this. If you can't do good for somebody, at least save them from harm. Save them from difficulty. Save them from inconvenience. You'll get rewarded for this also. So now this is a khair. Every khair that is possible to try and maximize this khair and shar that shar also a person does, it seems like it just fizzled out in the air. Allah Ta'ala forbid that that shar also comes back with its consequences. It bites back. Allah Ta'ala gives respite that a person will make tawbah, but he doesn't make tawbah, 
it comes and bites back. It bites back in different ways. That evil word was spoken, that evil glance that was taken, that evil action that was done, that zulm that was committed on somebody, whatever other harm was done to someone, all this comes back in different ways. Comes back and its consequences are met. So this is what we are being warned about in the tafsir of this ayat. It is explained, يَرَحْ fi nafsihi wa ahlihi wa malihi. He'll see the impact of it. He'll see the consequence of it. In his own self, sometimes in his family, in his wealth. One pious person says that when I have done something wrong, then I see the impact of that in my horse. I see the impact of that in my horse that it starts becoming rebellious against me. Because I rebelled against Allah Ta'ala. I did not remain obedient to Allah Ta'ala. So the animal that I am riding doesn't remain obedient to me anymore. He says, I see the impact in my wife. Many a times we are very quick to always point the fingers elsewhere. But sometimes we have to reflect within ourselves too. That where is this coming from? Am I the reason for it coming? Many a person who had been in some severe domestic issues... And then in the course of that discussion, are you looking after your gaze? He says, no, no, look after my gaze. And this is where it's coming from. This is the fire. That when you have turned your gaze away from Allah Ta'ala towards haram, Allah Ta'ala turned other people's gaze away from you too. They're not interested in you anymore. They're fighting with you all the time. So this, that evil that a person perpetrates, that too comes back with these consequences. So this is that two ayat, those two ayats which Rasulullah says, very, very comprehensive, very unique. If a person takes this to heart, and every moment of life he keeps reflecting on this, is this khair, is it shar? It's khair, let me try to take some part of it at least. The khair that is farz, that is wajib, that is sunnah muakkada, there's no compromise on it. There's no question about leaving it out. And Beyond that, let me try to do the best I can. Let me try to do as much as I can. Because all this is something I need to enhance my position in the Akhirat, to get closer to Allah wa ta'ala. And any shar, I can't take a chance with the shar. It might seem like it came and went, fizzled out. Allah forbid it bites back in dunya already. And worse is it bites back in Akhirat. <coughs> Allah wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq that we take these lessons deep down to heart. And we translate it to Amal as well. And Allah Ta'ala make us among those that on the day of Qiyamah, we gain the forgiveness of Allah Ta'ala. And we gain Jannatul Firdaus without any reckoning. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا عَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ In the Hadith Sharif, the person who recites La ilaha illallah hundred times daily, Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. But this means that inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation, Allah Ta'ala will give him the tawfiq of righteous actions and save him from sin. This will become the means of this great honor. So we should all try inshallah that we make this a part of our daily tartib to recite La ilaha illallah hundred times. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. Recite the
grant us the nisbat of the awliya siddiqeen, ya Allah. Let us be forever conscious of you, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, fill our hearts with your consciousness, ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, ya Allah. Allah, make us your true and obedient servants, ya Allah. Make us your loyal servants, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, for too long we have been in the slavery of nafs and shaitan, ya Allah. Allah, remove us from the slavery, ya Allah. Allah, make us your true slaves, ya Allah. Make us your loyal slaves, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, enable us to perform our five times salah with jama'ah, ya Allah. Grant us khushu and khudu in our salah, ya Allah. Allah, grant us such a salah with which you are pleased with, ya Allah. Enable us to recite the Quran Sharif daily, ya Allah. Enable us to make your zikr daily, ya Allah. Accept us for the khidmat of deen with ikhlas and afiyat, ya Allah. Accept our progenies, ya Allah. Allah, till qiyamat, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah, save us from every evil and sin and vice, ya Allah. Cleanse our hearts out of all the vices and evils, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, fill our hearts with all the noble qualities, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, all those who are sick, give them shifai kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Allah, remove every trace of their ailments, ya Allah. Those in any kind of difficulties and hardships, remove with afiyat, ya Allah. Allah, grant afiyat to one and all, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Allah, all those in financial problems, remove with afiyat, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, those who are in debts, ya Allah, make the debts get paid out easy, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah, grant halal and tayyib risk to one and all, ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's risk, ya Allah. Save us from every drop and grain of haram, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah, all those who have passed away, make their complete maghfirat, ya Allah. Raise their stages in the akhirat, ya Allah. Grant them jannatul firdos, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah, those of our parents who are living, ya Allah, give them barakat in their lives, barakat in their health. Ya Allah, enable us to earn jannat through service to them, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, those whose parents have passed away, ya Allah. Ya Allah, you forgive them, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, make their akhirat, ya Allah. So, ya Allah, grant them the high stages in the akhirat, ya Allah. Grant them a special place in Allah, illiyin, ya Allah. Grant them jannatul firdos without any reckoning, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah, our time is coming as well, ya Allah. We have no idea when the angel of death will come to see us, ya Allah. When he will come and take our ruh out, ya Allah. When he will make us part from everyone and everything, ya Allah. And when we'll have to also be laid in our qabr, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, make that moment easy for us, ya Allah. Take us on iman e kamil, ya Allah. Take us on tawbat al nasuh, ya Allah. Allah, make our qabr's gardens of jannah for us, ya Allah. Grant us the shafaat of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah, give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, all the work of deen taking place, accept it, ya Allah. Make it a means of hidayat, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah, you grant, ya Allah, your assistance and your nusrat from the ghayb, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Allah, unite the hearts of spouses, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of brothers and sisters, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of family members, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the ummah of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Tell all those who have raised their hands to this dua. All those who asked us to make dua for them, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, whatever good... Ya Allah, pious aspiration each one has fulfilled it, Ya Allah. Fulfill all the jai's needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Grant afiyat to one and all, Ya Allah. Grant itminan and sukoon, Ya Allah. Fill the hearts with peace and itminan, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, remove the anxiety, the worry, the depression and all the, Ya Allah, restlessness of the hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, Ya Allah, all the good that we have asked for out of your... Ya Allah, Fazal and Karam bless us with it, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, whatever we've not asked for and should have been asking, Ya Allah, without having asked, grant it to us, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min shari masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaq wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-aliyya al-azim wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqihi sayyidina Muhammad wa alihi wa sahabihi al-ma'in wa alhamdulillah